It's show 157 of the RIM Pro Report. Today, Nate Siegel of AccuShred and the latest industry news. This show is sponsored by our good friends at O'Neill Software. A couple of companies were honored at the O'Neill Conference a few weeks ago as the O'Neill Partners of the Year from the Americas. So congratulations to Stevens & Stevens and Williams Data Management. They're just two of the companies that run their businesses on O'Neill Software, software that's been the leader in RIM for more than 30 years. And if you want to learn more about it, you can do so at O'NeillSoft.com. As a matter of utmost importance, I must inform you that if at first you don't succeed, well, skydiving, it's not for you. Welcome to the RIM Pro Report. The one and only weekly broadcast for the RIM support services industry. Bustling with news, views, and the latest updates. This show is full of interesting information. So take notes. Now here's your host, Tom Adams. Hello there. Thank you for joining us on the RIM Pro Report today. I appreciate you showing up here today and on a regular basis. How are you? What's happening with you these days? Anything interesting going on in your world, in your business? Are you trying any new experiments, any new new approaches? Are you involved in, in trying something, engaging something, implementing something that would uh, you know, help you build new clients, grow your business? If so, I'd love to hear from you. That, that's what intrigues me about this industry is we're always trying new stuff. We're exploring. And uh, because we've got such a great industry and business to do it on, we have that opportunity. So uh, let me know if you're doing something cool. I'd love to hear from you. My guest today is Nate Siegel, the president of AccuShred, which is based in Toledo, Ohio. Nate has been and built a great shredding company over the years, and, and I keep noticing him around. He's been remains actively involved in Nade. And so based on that and those encounters I've had with him over the years, I thought it'd be interesting to have him on the show today to learn his story, to hear what he's all about, and to uh, just get a sense of another uh, real big uh, contributor into the community. And I, I always love these kind of conversations because it helps me to understand what makes people tick and why they've become so successful. But before I get Nate on the line, let's get caught up on the latest industry news. This is what showed and crossed my radar screen this week. Looks like Nate has announced they'll be launching an interactive, fully web-based training program to support the CSDS certification program. Testing will still be completed in person on a regional basis and also at the 2014 NADE Annual Conference. This will be actually a great way to ensure all your staff can be trained for their CSDS certifications. NADE says the program will be available later this fall. Let me remind you that the European Information Management Conference is coming up very soon in Amsterdam. Actually, those dates are November 10th to the 12th. I want to encourage you. In fact, I highly recommend that you attend this conference, especially if you're based in Europe, the Middle East, uh, in, in an accessible way to Amsterdam. Heck, this will be a great show, even if you can make it from North America, Asia, or Africa. Here's a peek into a few things happening. I'm actually going to be interviewing executives of some of the largest companies in Europe about what they see happening in the marketplace, how they're responding to it. Then we're going to, as attendees, strategize about what that means to each of our companies. Norm Brodsky will be speaking about his most controversial business ideas. I can't wait for that one, plus a whole lot more. So 
If you can make that, check out uh, either Nate or Prism's site to uh, find and connect the dots to registration for that event. It'd be great to see you there. Hey, best wishes to everyone attending the Prism Latin America Forum in Cancun today. That's got to be depressing, uh, being in Cancun for a conference. Hey, finally, Iron Mountain announced earlier this week that Brian McKeon, the company's CFO and executive vice president, will be stepping down from his position to pursue other opportunities. Roderick Day, who serves as CFO and Executive VP for Iron Mountain International will assume the role on an interim basis until a final decision is made on who will replace McKeon. And that's all I've got for you this week in the news. If you've got something you want to share, please let me know. I'd love to hear from you. All righty, I'm going to get Nate on the phone. Hang tight while I do. Nate Siegel is the president of AccuShred based in Toledo, Ohio. Nate, welcome to the Rim Pro Report. Hi, Tom. How are you? Good. Welcome. I'm, I'm really glad to have you here. Uh, so give me a brief overview of AccuShred, like things like, you know, where you're located, your service area, the size, the kind of equipment you run. Just give me a sort of 30,000-foot view of what AccuShred's all about. Well, I would say that we are a regional player uh, based out of Toledo, Ohio, so we're in northwestern Ohio. Uh, we service about a 110, 120-mile radius from Toledo. So that takes us about as far north as Flint and Lansing. Wow. Uh, as far west as Fort Wayne. Uh, east, we're kind of scratching the surface of some of the western suburbs of Cleveland. And then as far south as Lima and Marion. So uh, we've, got, we've kind of slowly grown that and, and widened that reach a little bit. We've got uh, about 12 access employees, uh, and we provide NAID certified document destruction. We do product destruction, uh, micromedia. Uh, we do hard hard drive, physical hard drive destruction, and uh, e waste recycling as well as computer recycling. Wow. And we provide both on-site and off-site. Okay, so you're running trucks, you're running uh, shred trucks and plant-based activity. That is correct. Yeah, we've got we've got an Allegheny uh, plant-based shredder. I've got uh, two mobile shred trucks, a couple of box trucks, a Sprinter van. Uh, you know, we've got our own baler and, and hard drive shredder. So uh, kind of run the whole gamut, and that has grown. I mean, we didn't start out providing uh, on-site service, but right. we had enough customers that that absolutely required it. That uh, that we said, all right, let's let's dip our toe into that market and. Uh, no sense in turning away customers if we don't have to. So right. we do now provide both both types of service, yes. All right. Well, you know me. I like to go back in time. So let's go back in time and back to the University of Cincinnati because rumor has it you graduated from there. Uh, you're doing a degree in design. Uh, tell me more what you wanted to do with your life. Why design? What was going on in your head at university? Well, it, it goes back. Uh, I, I attended a, a prep school in Salzburg, Pennsylvania, outside of Pittsburgh, called Kiske Prep, hmm. and uh, I was I was kind of going through junior high, sailing through with good grades, and not really working that hard for them. And I think my parents were concerned <laughs> that uh, once I hit high school and college, I wasn't going to have the proper study habits to to do well there. So uh, I went away for a year to Kiske Prep, and while at Kiske, we we did a tour 
of uh, Falling Waters, uh, Frank Lloyd Wright's um, oh, okay. phenomenal home there. And that's where I kind of, uh, kind of got interested in architecture. So uh, while Kiskey didn't have any drafting classes, I went back to my high school, um, was interested in getting into architecture, got accepted to the University of Cincinnati, which has a phenomenal program. Hmm. And uh, while there during my first year, in order to get good grades, I had to specifically do my design work uh, for the professor's likes, and I didn't particularly care for that. So oh, okay. I saw another saw another uh, uh, design that I liked. It was graphic design. I transferred into graphic design, and um, <clears throat> from there. Got into the co-op program. I spent uh, my very funny, funny enough. My very first co-op opportunity was here in Toledo, hmm. uh, designing signage for Gardner Signs. And really? uh, the co-op program, of course, you alternate quarters working in the field and classroom work. Right. So you, right. in all honesty, and and you know, graduate with a year and a half of practical experience. So I, I had a, a kind of an exposure to designing signage. I my next job was at Lexington, Kentucky, at uh, KET, which is Kentucky Educational Television, where I did design work for program guides and various printed material for them. Hmm. Uh, I spent a couple of quarters at, in Philadelphia working for Menley and James Laboratories, which is the consumer products division of Smith Klein Beecham at the time, doing package design. And that's what I really, really found a liking for. I, I love the the problem-solving of package design and, and the whole consumer aspect of that. And then my last job was specifically package design out in St. Louis at a job, uh, a company called Overlock Howe Consulting Group, and really seemed to, really seemed to enjoy that quite a bit. So that, that design sensibility uh, got you into your your sort of early career. What other stops did you make along the way? Did it all happen before you got into the shredding business? Um, what else happened or sort of where, what were the next steps that, that happened in uh, your life? Well, I took, I took a job at Overlock Howe Consulting Group doing, doing package design work. We did work for Ralston Purina, uh, Hershey's, uh, Alka-Seltzer, a lot of those types of um, kind of high-profile accounts and really seemed to enjoy and uh, the, the creative problem-solving that I learned there, uh, as well as the teamwork involved in putting together all of that type of work. Um, of course, I met my... To give you the, 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 <laughs> the Reader's Digest version... Yeah. I, I met my, my wife, my future wife, my spring quarter of my senior year, and she was a freshman. I took that job in St. Louis uh, to, to, at Overlock Howe and spent three years driving back and forth from St. Louis to Cincinnati, keeping that relationship going. Wow. You're and a good man. When my wife... <laughs> <laughs> You're a really good man. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Um uh, I, uh, my wife was accepted to dental school at Ohio State, and, and the whole time I was in St. Louis, I was feeling like I wanted to go back and get my MBA. So uh, I, I was fortunate enough to be accepted to the Fisher School of Business at Ohio State. So we really kind of reconnected and got back together in Columbus. And when I went through business school, 
my father-in-law offered me the opportunity to come and learn the recycling business and eventually uh, help run that when he stepped away from it. So he knew my wife wanted to practice dentistry here in Toledo and uh, made that oppor- you know, that offer, and uh, it was kind of fortuitous that he did. And so you come back to Toledo uh, after your MBA, and uh, you start working, and this is, is this state paper and metal that you start working at? That's correct. That's okay. state paper and metal, which is a 75-year-old recycling company, yes. Okay, so you, you get involved in that, and you start helping that business with – uh, your expertise, and so when exactly does the impetus out of that come to start your shredding company? Tell me a little bit about the birth story and maybe the the conditions that led to deciding to get into the shredding and destruction business. Well, we, you know, state paper started to get quite a few calls wanting to know if we provided shredding services. Yeah. And at first we kind of shrugged the calls off, but they were coming uh, more frequently, and it was something we decided, you know, should we kind of look into this? So I started doing some of the due diligence, uh, talking to, to people in the industry, um, starting to look at equipment, uh, and one of, the, one of the best things that we could have ever done was, was uh, call in Evelyn from Allegheny, and, and Shredder Mom kind of came in here and looked at our layout and uh, made some recommendations, and she got us kind of pointing in the direction of Nade. So I I touched touch base with Nade and and some of the Nade members at the time, and uh, people were really really forthcoming with information. Of course, yeah. I didn't talk to anyone local. I went quite outside the market, uh, but they were real real forthcoming with information and suggestions, and helped us with you know what to do and what not to do. And we learned from some of their mistakes. And uh, finally, I think September of 2002, we incorporated and uh, kind of opened our doors January of 2003. And so you started with uh, um, plant-based equipment. Is that kind of how you got your start in it? We did. It was right. it was it was pretty rough at first. I mean, we 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 had a we we had the nice Allegheny shredder, but we shredded into an open top. I mean, at the time, we didn't have that many customers. It was. Right. It was me doing the sales. It was me doing the shredding. <laughs> uh, you know, it was me doing the invoicing, and we shredded into an open top. And and fairly quickly after that, we we developed a, enough of a, a following and a client base that the open top wasn't going to work. And we went out and bought a closed door, you know, a closed door baler, and uh, that lasted probably longer than it should have. But eventually, we upgraded to an auto tie and. And uh, just kept right on flying. I mean, we had it really had a nice setup working for us that we're still in today. There's a, a separate secure building that's on our campus, that's on our property, uh, that was used for you know Lucas County had a recycling program that kind of came and went. Hmm. So we had this large, you know, we had a 12,000 square foot building that had office space on it. So it really seemed to work out quite well for us. Oh, so that's we, cool. You know, drop the drop the shredder in there, and you know, tidied up the doors, and got the whole you know the camera and video monitoring and all that set up, and we we're kind of off and running. 
Oh, that's cool. So, uh, so what were some of the early struggles? You obviously talked about having to do it all yourself, but what other struggles did you and frustrations did you face um, early in the shredding part of the business? Obviously, you had the benefit of the recycling business, which is you know supporting and fueling some of that connection. But the shredding business is different than the recycling business. Tell me some of the early you know the early struggles. Well, it's, I think they were probably operational in nature, if I had to look back on it. Just just the growing pains of, uh, of logistics, of, mm. of getting the first truck going, of, of driving out into the country when you've got nothing else out there. You have to start somewhere, and right. you have to have those first two and three and five and ten and twenty customers. And it was a little painful just driving out to wherever to, to pick up material, but getting the word of mouth out there and... Uh, uh, you know, it, we're always kind of looking to, to grow the customer base, and uh, you know that that was probably the challenge was a, from the equipment on the inside to the logistics of, of bringing the material in, uh, just the efficiencies or inefficiencies, so to speak, of, of starting up a, a business was was somewhat challenging, hmm. um, and and then also hiring. I mean, just the initial steps of hiring, hiring the right people, and that was kind of a, a tedious task, not knowing what we were going to look for. Right. Um, right. But, but I'd, I'd say it's operational in, in nature for the most part, the, just the growing pains. Yeah. What, the the advantage of starting uh, when you've got a another business fueling it, even if it's not, it's you know, that's where the revenue's flowing. It's not like you're having to make your... Uh, your meal, you know, you're not you're not having to figure out where your next meal's coming from based on just your shredding operation alone. So that probably took some of it, which then started focusing it on the operational stuff and and th- those growing pains that are more of the pain when you know you can eat from the other side of the business. Correct. Yeah. That, that's absolutely correct. I mean, we were very fortunate to have state paper to lean on in those early days. I mean, the re- recycling businesses. Uh, very cyclical, and we were we were hoping that the the shredding business would help kind of even out some of those lows uh, on the on the on the cycle. Right. But uh, but yeah, you're, there's no question we had we had employees that I could eventually bring over. We had equipment that we could bring over. I mean, if you talk about how the the two companies work together, it, I think it it's really helped us and give us a competitive advantage i mm. believe in being able to bundle services oh uh, okay so so when you bundle services you're bundling in both the shredding and full recycling program so you're 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 going into clients uh, and customers with a full suite of services all interrelated that's correct yeah. that's correct there are some people that would you know they've got they've got the shredding but they say you know we've also got Cardboard. We've also got non-sensitive paper. What can we do with that? Right. So we're able to to give them additional containers to take care of that, and it's it kind of one-stop nice. shopping. Which you know, it's fewer calls for them to make, and and uh, you know, it, it solves it solves their problems, solves some of their needs for having multiple people to talk about. But we're also able to use trailers. I mean, state papers, trailers. If we've got a huge job to do. And that okay, won't work yeah. for a shred truck or it won't work for a box truck. You know, we've got the, the trailer, the equipment that we can use and throw at it from the state paper side as well. Oh, nice. And and frankly, it, it, it made a it made a nice difference because we started bailing 
relatively early on, and we've got we've already got the markets to sell the the recyclable. So we've we've got oh, right, steady, right. dependable, right. Um, you know, markets to to sell that. So we're not starting from from square one trying to find that. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So, um, what have been some of the what you would consider the most important reasons that you, as a company, have been successful? What What have been some of the things you've leaned on in terms of these are either values or these are principles or these are rock solid beliefs that you hold to that have driven the success of the AccuShred and and ultimately the State Paper and Metal Company as well? Well, I, I think the one of the biggest reasons that we've grown as much as we have and we've been as successful as we have is is our people um you know i i know you know you say that you know we are the brand i am the brand as a brand owner but i i think our drivers and our staff is an extension of me in front of the customer Mm. and uh our, our people are just so critical i've been blessed with with great staff with good drivers um, it takes hiring for me. Is, I don't want to say it's a painful process, but it's a lengthy process because we have a, a family atmosphere here, mm-hmm. and it takes me a while to find a, a person that has the right personality and the right work ethic and the right demeanor to work here. Mm. Um, we've been fortunate to have. Virtually no turnover. My my very first driver is still with me. Wow! And uh, I think I think that that says volumes about how we how we do things here, and about how much the driver believes in what it is that we're doing. You know, it's interesting. I, we just hired a, a new driver, and you know, Tim, our our very first driver, said to me, "You know, I think he's going to work out, but." Uh, he just doesn't have the belief yet in what we do. I mean, it was interesting to hear him talk about wow. how much the, the that core belief in what we do and how important it is. I mean, he says it's just a job to him, where it's not just a job to me. And I thought that was really interesting because they really do believe in what we do. So what what is that what is that belief that Tim has? Uh, I, I think he believes in the value that we provide. Mm. He believes in the process, um, and I think he believes in the company. He believes uh, in okay. the people. Yeah. And for me, a company isn't. I don't think the company is me. I think the company is my people. Yeah. Especially when they're the ones that are out there on the firing lines, listening to the customer and helping to solve their problems. Right. So it it's it's heartening, um, and and very heartwarming for me to, to hear him talk about that. So if we, if we just dig into what you just said there, which is, it intrigues me. It's you, you take a long time to hire a driver, uh, a driver, you know, your drivers are the extension of your company and there's this belief thing that's wrapped in that. So this latest guy you just hired, uh, how long did it take you to hire him? Where did you find him? Give me a, like a mini case study on what just happened. Well, I, you know, there are a number of ways that we go about hiring, but, you know, the, the newspaper doesn't really work. I mean, there are some new sites, uh, Indeed, uh, Indeed.com is a, is a site that we've used here recently that we've had a lot of response to. Hmm. But, you know, when I, when I put the word out, I'm looking for a route driver and what it is that we do, I get a lot of responses from 
bus drivers. Hmm. And that's not necessarily what I'm looking for. You know, I want someone, and it's hard to say that you want someone with personality. Wanted personality. But, I mean, I, I think we have a fun working atmosphere. It's a, it's a, it's a nice place to work, I'd like to think. Um, but, you know, I'm looking for someone with route driving experience, right. with customer service experience. I, we can hot fire or hire anyone off the street, but it's, it's really someone that understands the route driving and the customer service mm-hmm. uh, that, that's really critical. And it took, it took, I probably started looking a couple of months ago and kind of started and stopped as we as we decided how we wanted to go about hiring him, but kind of put the full court press on here over the last couple of months, and and uh, so I'd say it took us a couple of months to find the right person. And so, is do you do you do testing? Do you do other things? That, I mean, because you said there's three things: personality, worth work, work ethic, and demeanor. And so, how do you discover that? Um, do you take once you've got this new person into your sites that might fit? They've got personality. They're not necessarily a bus driver, though they could be. They've got that sort of route experience. How do you figure out? Do they have the right personality? Do the right work ethic? The right demeanor? Do you go through multiple interviews? How how do, you, how do you pull that together? Well, it, it's gut. It's face-to-face. It's talking to them. It's asking them what they've done in the past and, and trying to find out what their values are mm. um, first before even explain to them what it is we do here. Uh, and, and frankly, that's the first thing I'll ask them is, what do they know about our company? Mm. And if they haven't really done any background, in, you know, done any background work right. and, and looked into what it is we do, it, it turns me off a little bit. I mean, in this day and age, I think you got a computer. If you're really interested in a job, you're going to find out a little bit about that job right. and the people that work there and what what it is they do. But with with this gentleman, I knew within five minutes of talking with him in a face-to-face interview that he could be the guy. Hmm. I'll, I'll know fairly quickly, but this guy I knew real quickly. Hmm. I, either he said the right things or he had the right experiences, and I got a real warm and fuzzy feeling Pretty early on, that this guy could be the one that I was looking for. Oh, cool! And as it turns out, he's he's doing really well. That's great. But you know, you ask, you ask, you know, some of the reasons why we've been successful. Obviously, I think people is the biggest reason. But you know, I'd like to think that we provide good value, and and we do a lot of innovation. I would like to think uh, in an industry that maybe isn't necessarily all that innovative. Mm-hmm. You know, when I say good value, I've I've never really wanted to be the cheap guy out there. Right. Um, that's that's not who I want to be. You know, I if if all you have to sell is your price, then you're pretty much sunk when Joe Shredder comes in from down the street and says, "I oh, will do it for five bucks less." Right. You have nothing to fall back on, and yep. that's never what I've wanted to be about. Hmm. Uh, you know, we have we have innovated. We've whether it's just sending out newsletters to our customers to let them know what's going on in the industry and provide them articles that we think would be of interest to them. Uh, whether it's in our marketing, whether it's in our our the graphics on our trucks. I've always believed that our trucks don't have to be just trucks; they can be rolling billboards. So that's where my design experience has come back and benefited me. Um, to, to come up with something that's interesting and visually, you know, visually appealing. 
how many times you drive down the street and you know you're passing trucks, but right. nothing ever stands out. Right, right. Well, I mean, I can't tell you how many times we've had customers call and say, oh, I, you know, I saw your truck rolling down the street and, you know, we need the service. Can you give me an idea of what it would cost and what services you provide? Well, the fact that they saw the truck and noticed the truck, I think, is what is exciting to me. Yeah. And uh, I, I just think people are missing a great deal if they're not making their trucks into rolling billboards that, that, that get them noticed. Yeah. Um, oh, that's but, great. You know, we also, I mean, we also give back to the community. That's another reason why I think we've been successful, whether it's just doing the numerous shred days, you know, in the community or whether it's our shred cancer program that we're quite proud of. You know, a couple of years ago, we have kind of got together with Susan G. Coleman, and uh, I think we were the first company out there to, shredding company anyway, to take advantage of the pink bins. Right. And we have a pink bin program, a shred cancer program that has, in two years, raised about $35,000 for the Susan G. Coleman of Northwest Ohio. Wow. And that is that is a combination of, of our customers and us. I mean, we asked them to pay, you know, an additional small amount on top of what we were charging, and we take that amount and match it dollar for dollar and send that, that into Susan G. Coleman. So that's bigger than just an October event for you. It's a year-round year cool. event. Very cool. It's oh, interesting. Susan G. Coleman was a, you know, the, the folks at Susan G. Coleman were a little apprehensive at first because, as the executive director told me, they get these types of offers all the time, weekly, and 95% of them never pan out. And I don't think she ever had any scope of any idea about the scope of what it was that we were, you know, we, what we had in mind. And uh, the fact that we generated and, and donated $35,000 in, in two years, I think, has, has blown her away. And uh, she is certainly on board and, and quite enthusiastic. And Oh, that's so cool, Nate. So, yeah, that's really cool. So uh, you've you've been deeply involved in Nade as well over the years, serving on the board, board president, numerous committees. Um, give me an idea of what your investment in Nade has given you in terms of some kind of return on that investment. Well, I think that's that's kind of hard to quantify. I can tell you that just the just simply the the access that it has given us uh, to the industry knowledge has been invaluable for us. Mm-hmm. As I mentioned early on, some of the NAID members when we were first getting started were extremely open and forthright, giving us all kinds of do's and don'ts when we first started the business. Right, right. Um, but, but, but just having access to the tremendous people that are in NAID, the NAID leadership, uh, I think it's been able to give us direction on, on how to grow the business. Mm. And I think it's also given both myself and the company, uh, a positive exposure, and I, I would dare say instant credibility. Uh, as Nate has continued to grow, I think that's only only helped you know, our standing uh, with respect to the time that I spent on the board there. Right. Oh, that's great. So if, if is there anything that frustrates you or annoys you about the industry these days? And I'm not talking about... Um, you know, the 
Uh, I'm talking about the the day-to-day part of living in this kind of industry. Um, you, you mentioned earlier the sort of undercutting on price and, you know, being the cheapest guy on the block. Um, but is are there other things that frustrate you about being in this industry on a regular basis? Um, I wouldn't. I, I don't think so. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm having so much fun growing this business right now. I, I can't wait to get into work in the morning. It, oh, it's so much fun. That's so cool. Uh, it, it, I, it's just, frankly, it's it's the, the morons out there that really don't understand the concept of a sustainable business model. I, I still say to this day probably the worst thing that could have happened to our industry was when the office office paper market went to almost $300 a ton. Right. Because that gave... That gave people the opportunity to say, oh, well, I'm making all this money on the backside. I'll just give away the business on the front side and I'll, I'll gain business that way. And it's it just, they just don't realize that that's not a sustainable business model. And it, it, it frustrates me. I've, I've, uh, I've tried with every fiber of my being not to get down and dirty like that, because that was one of the very first uh, the, the most important and one of the first premises that we were given when we were asking around about how to start in the business was you got to make the service revenue stand on its own. I mean, the recycling revenue has got to be gravy because if you're counting on that and it goes away, then, then where are you? Right. And too many people don't understand that. And, uh, and I, we even have a guy in our market, up in the Detroit market, that will pay people to bring him material to to destroy it's a recycler um and i, I always have a problem with that it it devalues the right. value of the service that we provide yeah and and that's the biggest frustration i mean it yeah. it's gotten to be somewhat of a commodity you know business and and uh, that's why that's why you know we, when we go in it's not about and we i kind of press hard for this with my salesman. When you go in and talk to a customer, it's not about, we do this, we do this, we do this, we do this. What can we do for you? It's, it's what are your problems? Why yeah. did you agree to see me? Are you having issues with your current vendor? And it, it's, it's trying to solve a customer's problem. Right. I think too much anymore that has gone away. Yeah. Yeah, we're just we're just in there explaining what we do and trying to get it on price and and yeah, I, I agree. But it comes back to value and innovation, which you said are really drivers for you. So instead of being a a price company, you become a value company and deliverer of value. So if you could throw some fairy dust or magic fairy dust into your business, into AccuShred, what changes would you wish for that could you hope would just magically appear for you? Well, it may even not may not require fairy dust, okay. but we are looking to uh, expand the business, and and we sit on a piece of property that that sits right in front of the old Jeep plant here in Toledo that has been mm-hmm. torn down, and the Port Authority bought it, and from day one we were told that we would have first right of refusal on whatever piece of that property that we would like. It's about 110 acres. Wow. We're not looking for anywhere near that, but there's a section right behind us that we would love to expand on, and uh, we help them get uh, all the, the funding for the remediation of the property and 
And now they're kind of waffling. Oh, I think we want to do something different. Oh, I'm not sure if we, you know, we want to have you back there. So we're a little frustrated with that. I would love to see them come to their senses and, uh, you know, and, and sell us the property so that we can grow our business the way we would like to. We'd love to get all under, you know, all this under one roof and, uh, and you know, we can store the bales here and handle the, the metals somewhere else. We've kind of expanded the backside of the building to handle the, the growth on the electronic side of things. We're doing much more electronics. It's kind of a growth area for us right now. So we would love to be able to expand the business and uh, and uh, and grow in that fashion. And it's just sitting there, wow. sitting empty right behind us, waiting for, you know, just waiting for that day for them to say, okay, <laughs> let's go ahead and do it. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So if you could go back to 2002 with uh, when you started AccuShred with all the value of the knowledge you currently possess today, what might you do differently? What what changes might you have made if you, you had all the knowledge you had today? If I had all the knowledge I had today and maybe a little bit more money, I think what I would have liked to have done was opened up a couple of uh, different locations in mm. addition to the one we had here. Mm. If I knew we were going to be a successful uh, as we have been, I'd, I'd love to have duplicated this earlier on. I'm not sure it's quite as doable right now with the saturation in the market, right, but right. Um, I think I would have loved to have opened up a couple couple different locations wow. in addition to what we have here. Well, Nate, it's been it's been great hearing your story. I I appreciate uh, you uh, letting me sort of dig in on on some of those things in terms of how you hire and some of that other stuff. But I I, I love the fact that you've um, you guys have been really successful there at at AccuShred, and uh, as someone who's been a part of the greater. Uh, shredding and destruction community. Thank you for the investments you've made in in leading the uh, organization in, in terms of the work you've done on the board. Uh, those things all come back um, in ways that I think uh, can't be measured in the immediate time, but they've obviously paid off for you and have paid off for a lot of other people as well. So thanks for sharing your story today. I really appreciate it and continued success. I hope you get that uh, other piece of property. I, I hope that you get some, uh, some significant growth and um, I can only imagine that uh, your designs on the future are pretty cool. So thanks for being with us today. My pleasure. It's been my honor. Thank you, Tom. Hey, there's another success story. I want to thank Nate for joining us and sharing his story with us. Thank you as well for joining us today. I'd love to hear from you. If you have any unique angle of service you're offering in the world, you're doing anything kind of cool and want to share it with your peers in the industry. Finally, let me remind you that this show is generously supported by our good friends at O'Neill Software. They're a cool little software company that has been doing great things in the rim industry for more than 30 years. Back in the DOS days, right up till their current development focus on delivering a full cloud-based service offering to the industry. Really cool stuff. Pretty amazing uh, services. Pretty amazing products to serve this industry. And if you want to learn more about them and the products and services they deliver, head on over to O'NeillSoft.com. 
Hey, Charlotte Williams, the marketing and PR manager from Shredall and SDS in Nottingham, England, has agreed to join us next week. So I'm looking forward to that one. I hope you will be too. So we'll catch up then. That's it for us. We are out of here. Have yourself a great week. Thanks for joining us on the Rim Pro Report with Tom Adams. If you enjoyed the show, please tell others. Our website is www.rimproreport.com. This broadcast is produced and hosted by Flourish Press Inc. Join us again soon.